is up, Chocolumpia Lessons Tribe. It is Chocolumpia of Chocolumpia Lessons. What's up, my people? It's episode 54, and we're right in the middle, smack fucking dab in the middle of Halloween. Or not Halloween, October. Same thing. October means Halloween. So if you're not with it, get with it. That song was by G. Jones and it's called In Your Head. And I don't know how I discovered him. I say discover like I actually created his career. But uh, (laughs) I found him on one of my rabbit holes on Instagram late night, one night, just looking for great music because that's what I do. And... I found that song and I just was like, who the fuck is this? This is amazing. And that shit, it just, it is, I don't even know how to describe it, but that's from one of my favorite playlists from last year called Haunt because I would listen to that and several other songs to get me ready for when I was a scare actor in the haunted hotel. And you have to get into character when you're doing a haunted hotel or a haunted house or a haunted trail or whatever because um, you kind of just have to get to the dark side. And I miss it very much. It was a really fun time. And that was in my playlist. And if you don't know who G. Jones is, you should check him out because he's dope. All of his music is similar to that. I don't even know at this point what that shit's called. Someone can send me a message. That's great. But I appreciate appreciate it <laughs> very much. Uh, what's up, guys? It's mid-October. It's October 15th. And um, I, if you don't know me or are just listening to this podcast now, one of my favorite months of the year is October because of Halloween. I've always loved it. I grew up watching scary movies and if I could direct, I would. I wish I could. I don't know how you just jump into that. I feel like maybe at one point I will because it's another creative outlet for me. But I just love watching films and I love watching horror and dark films. That's just kind of what I was exposed to as a kid, which sounds really fucked up and it probably is, but, uh, I just have this great appreciation, appreciate for authors like Stephen King. Like I've talked about that before. And, um, so in October I make it, I, I mean, I watch scary movies whenever, but I make it a point to really watch scary movies a lot in October because I want to get my like Halloween fix out and it's weird because it's like a little bit more accepted to watch scary movies in October whereas people don't normally watch scary movies when it's not October because um I don't know I don't fucking know why because they're not cool but like if a scary movie comes out then people watch it but they're not gonna just like sit and watch vintage good horror films Uh, So that's what I do in October, and um, people probably get weirded out in my social media, (laughs) but um, I don't know what to tell you. That's just kind of one of the facets of Chocolumpia. That's just part of it. And the coolest part is that most people don't really expect it, and I, like I've talked about before, when things don't seem like they match or fit in a certain box or whatever I love that shit and I love that someone would look at me and be like oh my god I had no idea that you would like this type of film or read this type of book or be into this type of fashion or whatever music blah 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 because we're all multifaceted every human being that I meet has many many layers I mean of course there's going to be the random few boring people that are just super plain and straight laced and to each their own. Those people are cool too. I'm not bagging on them. I'm just saying that most of the time people have a lot of different layers and if you're able to just pinpoint someone, um, I don't know. I feel like that makes it a little bit not as interesting. I think it's more interesting if 
someone looks different from what you would expect when you get to know them. That's what makes getting to know people exciting. So if you're one of those people who just like is in their basement all the time and never meets people, you're just like only online, you wouldn't understand that. But if you're one of those people who's like out and about and meets people and maybe all of your groups of friends are totally different, which when I was in high school, that was something that I struggled with and um, almost was chastised for. And I didn't appreciate it then But I also didn't understand because, you know, when you're in high school, you just are kind of like, well, I don't get it. Maybe that's weird that I do that. But uh, I think that's just me. I think that's just how I am. But all of my friends, I and I didn't realize this until after high school, they were all friends because I was friends with them. Like all of my friends were totally different. We had certain things that were in common. But for the most part, after after the fact, people would be like, oh, yeah, I didn't hang out with so and so. I only hung out with so-and-so because you hung out with so-and-so. I only hung out with this group because you were there with me. Like you kind of, so I kind of tied these people who had nothing in common except for maybe a few things, but they weren't really connected. And I was the common bond, which becomes challenging and can be a lot of pressure when you're trying to entertain or like have a party or get people together because you're realizing that you're the common bond and that these people wouldn't necessarily be friends or hang out with each other if you weren't there. But at the same time, I feel like if all of your friends are the same, how fucking boring is that? Like if all of your friends are exactly the same and you're exactly the same as your friends, that's really boring to me. But again, that's just me. And again, that's just my opinion. And again, this is just my podcast. And again, this is just Choco Olympia Lessons. So welcome to it. (laughs) If you're new here, welcome. If you've been here, thanks for listening. Also, if you're new here, thanks for listening. Hey, leave a review, leave a rating, tell people that you love this episode, this podcast episode or this podcast so that more people can know about it and we can just blow this shit up, motherfuckers. Happy October. Okay, so (sighs) October is the month to get a little bit weird. Now, if you don't get a little bit weird, then you might not appreciate this episode. We're going to get a little bit weird. And it's not even really that weird. It's just a little bit weird. It's just like Halloween vibes weird. It's like pumpkin spice latte weird. It's like fall vibes, autumn vibes. It's like Ugg boots and sweaters vibe. It's like cozy apple cider stomping on crunchy leaves vibes, you know? And if you're from the West Coast that might be a harder vibe for you to pick up on because we're not having as much as when you're on the east coast when i'm on the east coast you know there's a fucking season there's like a change the trees change the weather changes you know the outfits the fashion actually has to change like here in the west coast fashion changes because the fashion gods say it's supposed to be (laughs) now is when you're supposed to put the sweaters and the um, skinny jeans and the boots and turtlenecks out but other than that like fucking california we don't know we're not gonna know what a season is so you know i'm just bagging on bagging on california bagging on west coast just a little bit like i did last episode what are you gonna do if it makes you uncomfortable you know sorry about it Maybe don't be so sensitive (laughs) about it. Um, So yeah, it's Halloween and I recently got a couple of new tattoos and I'm really excited about them because they were dedication tattoos. Now I'm not a big dedication tattoo person um, at most. If I do a dedication tattoo, it's not a literal translation of what the dedication is because to me, tattoos are personal. The person that I went to is, oh, this is really exciting for me. And it might be exciting to people listening and it might not be, but I know it's exciting to me and to the tattoo artist who did my ink. She was the first female who ever did my ink. And all these years and all of the ink that I have have been done by men, which is great, fine. But I hadn't had a female tattoo artist before a lady tattooer hashtag lady tattooer which is a thing and she was 
well, was, she still is. I just, I'm talking about it past tense because it happened a week ago, but, um, a week ago, a week ago, uh, (laughs) she is lovely and did my work beautifully. And she was, is so cool. And I'm so happy that she was my first female tattoo artist. And, um, you can go check out her art and check out her tattoo tattoos. Um, shit. I forget her handle now, but it's, oh, here, here, here. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because if I'm going to blow somebody up, I want to blow somebody up legit, right? Uh, her Instagram is at Danny, D-A-N-I underscore Rakowski, R-A-K-O-W-S-K-I, Danny underscore Rakowski. She's the cutest thing in the whole world. And she's, her arm, like her hand is soft. I didn't feel like she was digging into my arm or my leg. And the ink is beautiful. And I'm just really honored to finally have had a female tattoo tattoo artist work on me. And um, she specializes in little insect guys and little little creatures, uh, which <laughs> I've talked about this on my podcast episodes before, that I have an insect collection that I love very much because I worked really hard on creating. Um, so she does little things like that and little nature things and just, she's, I mean, she does big artwork as well. My, my pieces are, you know, small, medium, uh, because I don't, I'm trying to figure out st- strategery. <laughs> P.S. Don't at me. I know that's not a fucking real word. Um, uh, the strategery of where my ink goes now, like my, my space is limited So, um, but these were two very important pieces and special pieces that I wanted to have. And I'm again, just thrilled that she did them for me. And, um, I hope she saves time for me in the future when I want to do more work with her because she's rad. Uh, so yeah, go stalk her Instagram or don't, don't be a fucking weirdo. Don't stalk her. Just like follow her and then like her shit, you know? Uh, yeah. So, so I was out the other day and I was actually grading and I had earbuds in my ears and I was listening to a podcast, I think. And um, I'm very deep in thought, right? Earbuds in the ears, grading, like red pen, multiple papers, like looking like I'm focused and concentrating. And this guy, while I was waiting for my... Oh, actually, I think I had already gotten my coffee. So I was at a cafe, but I was outside. This guy comes up to me and he starts talking and I can't hear him because I'm listening to a podcast. So for me, when I have earbuds in my ears, that means that I'm focused. I want to do my work. I'm, I'm actually working. Like I'm not just hanging out at a coffee place, just like shooting the shit. Most of the time when I'm going to a coffee spot, I'm doing some type of work. I'm not just like sitting, hanging out, wanting to socialize. Because if I was, I would just sit there without earbuds in. Because that means that I could have a conversation with someone, right? But if you have earbuds in, you can't really talk to somebody. So I have my earbuds in. And this guy comes up and he starts talking. He's like gesticulating. (laughs) And I'm like, what? So then I, I... pull the earbud out of my ear and I'm like, what did you say? And he said, your tattoos, is that tattoo for, and I couldn't understand what he said. It sounded to me like he said, is that tattoo for the Kings? And, um, (laughs) I looked at my tattoo knowing well what it is. And I went, the Kings? Thinking he's talking about a sports team, right? And I'm thinking of their logo. And I'm like, no, that's not what the Kings fucking logo is. I go, no, I didn't get that for like, and so my face kind of reads that like expression. And I just kind of laugh and I go, no, what? And he went, oh, never mind. Now, I didn't know if he was trying to like hit on me and make some kind of conversation 
or if he legitimately was confused and thought that my tattoo was the logo for the Kings, which makes no sense um, because I don't even really follow sports, but I know what team logos and mascots are, right? Like I, rec- I can recognize those really fast, especially football because I do or did pay attention to football. I don't pay attention to football anymore. Uh, too busy. So, um, but it just was, it was a weird segue and it just made me uncomfortable. Like I get really, and here's the thing for those of you that don't have tattoos, I don't know if you maybe have ever just kind of gone up to a stranger and asked them what their tattoos mean. That's like asking someone a really deep personal question whose name you don't even know, who you've never met before, who you've never seen before, who you've never talked to before. And I'm down with sharing what a tattoo means to close friends or family, right? People who know me, people who will get why maybe I got that tattoo or what the definition of the tattoo means. Now, of course, look, if someone has a fucking picture of Winnie the Pooh on their arm, it's probably not that deep. It might be, it might be a dedication to somebody, who knows? But for the most part, it's probably not that deep, right? Like if someone has a SpongeBob SquarePants tattoo on their ankle, it's probably not super deep. You could probably ask them about it without them feeling weird about telling you why they got that tattoo. But still, it's a little bit weird. Like, when someone asks me what my tattoo means and I've never, they don't even say hi, my name is blah blah blah, I've never met you before, I like your tattoo, may I ask where you got it? And then maybe ask what it means. But you don't just right out of the barrel just be like is that a, that's a phrase right right out of the barrel right out of the I don't know I feel like that's a phrase <laughs> forgive me if it's not but you know what I mean like straight off now I can't think of any fucking <laughs> straight off the jump right off the jump whatever you know right away just first time meeting someone you just walk up to someone blindly and you're like hey hey what does that tattoo mean I guarantee you anyone's going to feel like, whoa, that was really abrasive. And just like, how am I going to explain to you what it means? You have no subcontext, right? You don't know me as a person. You don't know what I'm interested in, what my passions are. You don't know anything about my life. You don't know why I would get that ink. So for me to tell you, this is a dedication to blah, blah, blah. And this is why I got it. It's going to make no sense to you. I have never asked someone why they got a tattoo unless they were close friends with me because that's when I feel like I'm close enough to ask the question, right? But if I just go up to a stranger and I'm like, hey, why do you have those tattoos on? Hey, why do you have F-U-C-K on your knuckles? Uh, (laughs) maybe piece it together. So, hey, here's my tip for people who don't have tattoos, for people who have tattoos, Don't ask someone that you don't know off the street, total stranger, why or what their tattoo means because it's weird. It's like hugging someone who doesn't want to be hugged, you know? It gives me that same, like, irky feeling. Like, oh, oh, like, I don't want, I don't want to be rude, but also, like, you should know that boundary. And also, I'm, like, mad at myself for not saying that you're fucking weird for overstepping that boundary. Does that make sense? So don't do it, please. Okay, thank you. Good day. Oh, man. Yeah, and that's not the first time that's ever happened to me. It's happened to me before, and it's just a weird, it's a weird, it's weird. It's just weird. Just so don't be weird, you know? I have watched a few movies as of late that have blown my mind. Now, one of them, not so much, but I have watched the other ones, so it kind of makes sense that I watched this one. I recently watched John Wick, the third one. I watched the first one, which traumatized me. Spoiler alert, if you've never watched the John Wicks, okay? The first one traumatized me because there's the dog 
right? I'm not, I can't I can't even repeat it because it just makes me sad. Uh, I was very upset by John Wick one and what happened with the dog in episode or episode in John Wick two. Uh, there was also a dog. I feel like something happened with that dog. I can't remember now. I blocked it out. I just, I can't, I don't know what happened to the director of John Wick's dogs, but yo, like chill out. I even yelled it during this third one. So when I watched the third one, um, this wasn't, it's not a huge thing, but it, there's something else with dogs. Right. And the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, where's his dog? Cause I love his dogs. All the dogs that he has in the movies are adorable because I'm a Pitbull fan, not the rapper. <laughs> I actually despise Pitbull the rapper. I, I don't know why. There's just something about him. He just drives me nuts. I don't know if it's his bald head. I don't know if it's the way he speaks. I don't know if it's how cocky he is. I don't know, but he bugs the fuck out of me. But I did see him in an interview, and he did seem like a nice human being, so I felt a little bit bad, because I don't know him, so, you know, but when I say Pitbull, I'm not talking about the the musical artist, I'm talking about the actual breed of dogs, and it pisses me off when people say that Pitbulls are bad, trigger, trigger warning, because if some of you have issues with Pitbulls, you're going to be very upset when I tell you that all of the Pitbulls that I've known have been very sweet people, sweet people, sweet dogs, <laughs> they're better than people, but it's, it's whatever, um, there might have been like one pit bull that was questionable, but again, that doesn't mean that an entire breed is bad. It sucks when you watch the news and everyone's just like harping on how bad pit bulls are, but I love pit bulls and um, my pup was half pit and she was the most calm, sweetest dog you would ever meet. And, um, yeah, so it, it pisses me off when people, like, when people with little shit dogs will, like, post a story about, oh, my God, I was at the dog park, and then this pit bull came, and then, and I was like, unfortunately, like, it sucks. Unfortunately, there are people out there who don't fucking know how to handle their dogs. There's people out there who don't know how to handle their, handle their big dogs. There's people out there who don't know how to handle their little dogs. There's people out there who don't know how to handle their kids. Who don't know how to handle their dogs that's just how it goes if people don't know how to discipline if people don't know how to be in charge if people don't know how to take control over something they're not going to be able to have control over their dogs why the fuck would anybody think that they could have control over the dogs it's the same thing with having kids if you don't know how to take care of your kids or teach them or instruct them or you know give them discipline those kids are going to be crazy they're going to be a hot fucking mess just like a, a dog will. So it depends on the owner. Like, how is the owner taking charge of their pet? So I get annoyed because pit bulls get a lot of the brunt of just, like, hatred online and then just even in real life, in reality, right? So I love a pit bull. Um, there's just something about their big ass fucking heads and their muscles and just, they're just, the faces are just so sweet. They're strong as fuck, but they can also be really gentle. So I, they're very smart, very fucking smart. And I, I love a smart dog. I can't with a fucking dumb twit dog. Like I can't, I can't do it with dumb people and I can't do it with a dumb dog, dude. I just like, I can't. So, um, the whole movie, I'm like, well, where'd the dog go? <laughs> I want to see more of the dog. Also, uh, Keanu Reeves is a babe still. He's like 100 years old. He's not even that old. He's not that old. Is he 50? I don't think he's 50 yet. Maybe he is 50. But I believe that um, him and I should get married. So anyway, um, when I watched John Wick, my main thing was... I felt like him. I felt like I've had, well, I felt like I've had years that were more like, that were more John Wicky than others, okay? Uh, <laughs> last year was a very John Wicky year, and then like four years before that, and then like three years before that. 
or two years before that. So I've had very John Wicky years. And here's what I mean when I say John Wicky year. Uh, John Wick in John Wick 3 could not trust anyone. People were out to get him. People were lying to his face. People (laughs) were trying to sabotage him. They were trying to capture him. There was a specific amount of time he had where he could just like get away from it without people coming for him. But then after that time was expired, people could go for him and they could kill him and he they'd win this money right there was a bounty on his head uh and i related to the way that felt and that is a sad truth but i had to speak my truth because that's how it be it be like that sometimes right it be like that sometimes it be john wicky like that sometimes um so <laughs> I saw that movie like a couple weeks ago and that's all I could think. I was just like, oh shit. Am I John Wick? Am I actually Keanu Reeves in this weird dimension of Chaco Olympia lessons? I don't know, but it made me laugh and I had to share that. (sighs) I've had some fucking weird ass dreams and I don't think... Um... I don't think it's because of the movies I've been watching. Listen, I have fucked up dreams majority of the time. They can be worse if I watch a more stressful movie or a more like horror filled movie. But in general, my movies, my movies, (laughs) well, that's accurate. My dreams are like movies and I have nightmare dreams majority of the time. Now, when you have nightmare dreams like I have, you learn, this is going to get real kind of like, kind of woo-woo, but not really. This is like more like gothic woo-woo, like horror film woo-woo. But when you have dreams like mine, you get tired of being scared in the dream. So you learn how to maneuver yourself and change things in your dream. This is going to sound so fucking crazy, but this is accurate. Listen, it takes a lot of practice. And I had this psychology teacher in high school who was rad. I can't remember her name, but she would tell us that we, when we have dreams, that's like your subconscious kind of talking to you. And that when you wake up in the middle of the night, if you wake up in the middle of the night or and whenever you wake up and you can remember your dreams, you should log them and write them down. So I started doing that years ago and I still do it to this day, but for the most part, I'm really good at remembering my dreams anyway. I don't need to write them down. I wake up and I try to remember exactly what happened and then I see if there was a connection to it and most of the time, you guys, this is going to sound, again, really crazy. Most of the time, my dreams, and they're way off time-wise, but my dreams will be something that end up happening later. Now, I don't know if that means that I have this ability to see the future, right? Or if I'm actually making it happen. (laughs) Either way, it's scary because, like I said before, majority of my dreams are not like fun, happy dreams. I do have a lot of those. I do have a lot of sweet dreams and happy dreams and just like random dreams, right? But I would say majority of the ones that like really uh, are prominent in my mind that I remember, I'd say say 65% of my dreams are scary or intense, right? Or, um, yeah, I guess that would be the best way to describe it. Intense or scary, which is not a huge amount, but it is a big chunk. (laughs) Um, so, you know, there's that. And so I've started remembering my dreams at a, at a young, young youngish age, like at least high school so that I could figure out what they meant or see if they had anything to do with what was happening in my life or the future and all of that. Not to get all woo-woo on you, you know, it is what it is. But there are a few dreams that I've written down and years later 
Um, something in real life happens that's very much that. And it's things that I don't think I would be able to make happen, right? Like magically. So that's why I think that it's like a really fucked up delayed premonition type of thing. <laughs> it's a, I have a delayed premonition skill. It's like years off. <laughs> Sometimes it's months off, but for the most part, it's not like the next day or the next week or month or whatever. Uh, but I mean, I guess better than not. I don't know. I don't know what the consensus of this story is, but um, I just felt like I had to share that with you. And um, so I've had a couple of weird dreams in the last couple of days. They weren't necessarily scary. They were just odd. I have a lot of odd dreams, which I think actually help with my creativity when it comes to choreographing and writing and even just visualizing being able to see direction of what I want on the stage or uh, choreographically I did a an interview recently where someone was asking me where my dark sense of humor came from and I told her uh, that she would have to know me personally to really get where that dark sense of humor comes from but for the most part um a lot of it is because, you know, I watched a lot of scary movies growing up and I love film. And if I could go to film school or be a director of some sort, I would do that. Uh, but, you know, we take our different paths and maybe along the line somewhere later, that will be a pathway that I venture into. But, um, you know, dance has always been my main thing. So that's kind of how it shows itself in my art, in my dance art. The movement is very much a movie in my head and that's how I create. So there is a connection there for that. And a lot of times dreams are related, right? They're all connected. The movies, the dreams, the choreography, the stage, or what have you. Um, I also recently watched this movie called, I'm going to say it the way I think the Swedish would say it, Midsommar, Midsommar, um, M-I-D-S-O-M-M-A-R, in case you can't tell what I'm saying, Midsommar, Midsummer. Uh, it is by Ari Aster, Ari Aster, I don't know how he pronounces it, he, I actually realized after I watched Midsommar, <laughs> that he is the same director that did Hereditary. And that movie, I needed to see Hereditary in the theater because when I saw the commercial, I was in love with the cinematography. So I saw Hereditary in the theater and visually it was amazing. The story is really dark. Uh, anything about like family stuff, just like, and, and it's, if it's horror, I'm in. I'm just all in on all of that. Um, and I guess he had done a short film or maybe some short films before. This was like, Hereditary was like his big film, like main screen debut type thing. But he's been obviously a director for for years. Um, and so when I realized that Midsommar was also by him... <laughs> um, I was like, oh, yes, okay. Because I was getting vibes of it, but I wasn't sure. If you haven't seen Midsommar or Hereditary, you need to put it on your, your watch list. Uh, I rented it on demand, my um, Midsommar. The, it wasn't the director's cut, but I feel like it was. But I do want to see the director's cut because apparently that's scarier. It's... Some people categorize it as horror. Some people categorize it as thriller. Some people categorize it as um, theatrical horror or like, oh, what's it called? Um, damn it, there's a phrase for it. It's like, has to, oh, folklore. Yeah. I think it fits all those categories. I just, it, it's beautifully made. It's a very dark story, 
Um, Ari Aster, I, I really want to read more interviews on him or meet him in person because I think his brain is very interesting. He has a lot of themes that he repeats but that are very interesting. And if you've seen either of those movies, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm not going to go into... I don't like when people do spoiler alerts on podcasts. It really irritates me. Because, um, I mean, unless the movie is like 30 years old. Like, go fucking see it already. But this movie is pretty new. Hereditary came out in 2018. And Midsommar came out in June or July of this year. So it's fairly new. So I'm not going to do any spoiler alerts. But, um... Um, I don't know if I would call, well, yeah, I guess I would call them both horror. It's different when you, like, people put horror all in the same category, and there's really lots of different categories of horror. Um, I love all horror. So I like the slasher films, I like the vintage films, I like the gore, I like the um, witchcraft, I like the fucking like ridiculous <laughs> science fiction-y type horror movies. I like all of it. And some people don't enjoy all of them. So it depends on what you're into. There's different sub- subcategories, like I said, that you might be drawn to more than others. Um, I just was, <laughs> I was making my mom watch Pan's Labyrinth the other day because it was on and she I feel like she'd seen it, but she was saying that she didn't, she probably was saying that she didn't remember it. I don't know why she was saying she didn't remember it, but anyway, I made her watch like the last 30 minutes of it, which, you know, that movie, if you've never watched Pan's Labyrinth, um, by Guillermo del Toro is in subtitles and it's another really beautiful, but dark story. And I'm not, again, I won't give the ending away, but when the ending happened, she was like, what the fuck? I mean, she didn't say what the fuck, because my mom doesn't really speak like I do, but she was like, what the hell? Like, what? That is the saddest movie I've ever seen. And I was like, but it's beautiful. And she just was not understanding where I was coming from. But it's fine. You don't have, like, I feel like if you love horror, any style of horror, you just really have to understand um, the, the, type of horror that you might be watching and that the storyline typically is going to be some kind of dark topic but that there are ways to make it beautiful also in a weird way right uh I think if you like horror you should watch horror with people who like horror not with people who don't like horror because it's always going to ruin it for you they're never people who don't like horror are never going to want to watch a horror movie with you they're always going to think it's either stupid or not scary or too scary or just like too much right so um, make sure you see your specific horror genre films with your friends who also like horror now before I get too far out of subject, I need to share something with my ladies. And this might not just be for my ladies, this might also be for my men. And just take it how you might. But here's the thing. This isn't really a spoiler alert. But just in case you haven't seen Midsommar, um, Midsommar, uh, just heads up. But I don't think that this is very much a surprise, because if you watch the trailer online, it basically tells you the whole plot and everything that goes on in the movie. 17 minutes into the movie, I was like, she needs to dump this guy. Okay. And, um, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And then if you've, yeah, if you've, (laughs) if you've ever been in a relationship like that, then you know what I'm talking about. And it made me think of when I first saw Lucy and if you haven't seen Lucy, you should see that movie, one, because it's it's actually really interesting. That's not a horror movie. That's like more of an adventure, science fiction-y type film. Um, Scarlett Johansson, I do give her props for that film. And that, that story was actually really great. Uh, when I watched Lucy, within probably the same amount of time, like the first five, ten minutes of the movie, I was like, oh, no. She needs to not be with this guy. Here's the thing, ladies. <laughs> what I've observed from Lucy and Midsommar 
the heroine, right, the main character, female, is in a relationship with a boy (laughs) who is not thinking of them in their best interest. They end up in a shit situation where they essentially get fucked and not in a good way. And that spirals us down through the entire plot of the movie, which basically is fuckery towards the heroine. And it sucks. And that is a normal thing in literature and in movies because it happens in real life. So my plea as Chocolumpia to my Chocolumpia Lessons fam, whether you're female or if you're male and you're in a similar, similar situation or if you're male and you need to hear it from the perspective of a female, here you go. Don't get yourself into a situation where the person that you supposedly love is not thinking of you in their best interest. If they are not caring for you, if they're not protecting you, if they're not considering your feelings, if they're not worried about your safety, fuck that guy or fuck that girl or however, whatever gender you need to apply to it for it to make sense, okay? Now, I didn't think that this podcast episode was going to turn into a romance novel, save the females, uh, horror, weird topic, but it's where we are and it's what it is, okay? So hear me again, and if you need to do some research for yourself or need the proof, go watch Lucy. Watch Lucy first because it's older and it's not horror, it's not scary. It is intensive, but it's not like, you know, it's not the, it's not a movie that people can't handle. And just really pay attention to the first five, ten minutes, okay? When I watched that movie, I was with one particular person, and I was in a different relationship with someone when I watched um, Midsommar. Actually, I watched Midsommar recently, but when that movie came out, I really wanted to see it. Wait, I thought that movie came out last year. I feel like I heard about it last year. Am I wrong? Anyway, two different relationships, okay? But <laughs> kind of similar-ish outcomes. Um, now, I'm not saying... Listen, there's going to be people who listen to this and go, oh, well, she's jaded because this happened to her. Da, 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 da. That's why she sees it like that, blah, blah, blah. If you look at the first five, ten minutes of both movies, you're going to know. Even if you have a dick between your legs and you're, like, doing dude shit all the time, pay attention to the the situation and the relationship dynamic. It's pretty obvious, right? Like, the guy screws the girl. And again, not in a good way, okay? So my point being... Pay attention to who you surround yourself with and who you let be your significant other because sometimes they're not thinking about you. Sometimes you're not in their best interest. And then what happens if you can't speak up for yourself and thank God I haven't been in this situation lately, but... Well, I've never been in a situation where <laughs> where the outcome of either of those movies has happened to me, thank God. But um, you end up in a situation where you are in trouble and you don't know how to get out. And that's never a good thing. And I'm being fucking serious as shit right now. It sounds like I'm going to start laughing, but I'm being honest. Like, I'm laughing because I have not... Listen, I have not... I, it, <laughs> I have not experienced the outcome of Lucy or the outcome of Midsommar, okay? That has not happened to me. But I'm saying uh, if you don't learn how to speak up for yourself or how to analyze the relationship dynamic or even just communicate with someone else, you could potentially end up in something like Lucy or Midsommar. And it's not, that's not a good thing. You don't want that to be how your life goes okay so do me a favor watch lucy watch midsommar i wish like i when i was in um undergrad i i took this class called 
cult classics and it was the best fucking class. And I don't, I I had no reason to take that class other than I love films, right? And uh, we would watch the weirdest cult classic movies that whole semester and we would write papers and uh, take tests based on the movies, based on the films. But that class was amazing. It was in this huge hall. Like when you watch, when you watch a a college scene, right? And it's in this big hall where you don't even know all of your classmates and the teacher has no idea who all of their students are because there's like at least fucking 50 to 100 people in that room. And um, when I was little, I just always really connected with the college classroom scene because I was like, I want to go there one day, but I didn't know that. I didn't really realize that that was something that I wanted to do until I was older. But that's a side note, um, super sidetrack. But <clears throat> so I took this class, Cult Classics, and it was amazing. And um, it just was a class that I needed. It wasn't anything related to my major. It wasn't my general ed at all. And it just was something that I needed for my life, right? Because you you should have something throughout the day that is for your life. Like you have your work and hopefully that's your life. If that's your passion and that's your career, great. You're, you're doing, you're doing great, sweetie. But if maybe you're not quite there yet and you have a job that's a nine to five, that is like, whatever, it pays the bills. But you should also have something that you do at least once a week. Maybe it's, maybe you really fucking love knitting. Maybe you go for one day a week for an hour and knit with a club or at a class and that feeds your soul. Like that needs to happen. Otherwise you're just going to end up being upset and stressed and sad and just not happy. And so it's really important to find that balance, even if it's an hour a week, right? So um, for this cult classics class that was like my I mean the other classes I was taking that were related to my major were fun and exciting too but at that point I think I was still a psych major so it was it was a lot of um, academia right (laughs) it was a lot of academia but the cult classics class was interesting for my brain and um, I think it's important to have that for yourself because otherwise like I said you'll just lose your mind But um, when I took that class, the cult classics class, it just reminded me of all the crazy films that are out there. There's so many of them. I wish that I could have taken, and I don't even think it existed because I would have taken it, but, and it probably exists now because that was a hundred years ago, but I would love if there was a class based on female heroines there's got to be a class. There's probably a class like at Yale or Columbia or something where like fucking, I don't know, um, some big actress teaches it. She's not even a professor. She doesn't have a master's degree in in cinematography, but she's a highly acclaimed actress, right? Like uh, Meryl Streep probably teaches this class that I don't know about. But if there was this class on female heroines, and uh, about how how they can be derailed in life by um, relationships or just even the the masculine pull or influence of being with someone that would blow my mind. I think that's an important class for females to take, for women to take. Uh, I think it's also important for men to take to understand the pull. And a lot of times, too, I know, I, because I'm a woman, so I speak from the female's viewpoint, um, there are probably men who have this flipped situation, too, where they it happens to them, but with a female. So, you know, I just, I think that, that would be the raddest class. And if I could teach it, that would be so dope. I would totally love to teach it. But um, I'm sure, like, Meryl Streep teaches it, and of course, she would be rad to teach it. But anyway, you guys... You got to see all the movies, man. And this is, this was like movie themed, but also Halloween themed. And um, there's a lot of other things that I want to talk about, but I'm going to do that on a different episode. But those were the things that were kind of popping in 
on me this week. And I wanted to make sure that I got you guys an episode for this week so that you have your fix, (laughs) your Chaco Lumpia lessons fix. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Please rate and review. I am so excited tomorrow, not tomorrow, (laughs) jumping the gun. Um, Friday, I'm going to be seeing Crystalia, and I'm just stoked. And I hope I get a picture with him. I don't know if I'll be able to because he's like super famous now and is playing at a big theater, right? And the first time I ever saw him was opening for someone at the comedy store in La Jolla. And so now he's playing in this huge theater where he probably doesn't even have time to take pictures with everybody. But um, if I ever was in that situation where I was playing to a theater of huge amounts of people, I feel like I would still take the time after the show to dedicate at least 45 minutes to taking pictures with whoever wanted one. And we would just do it real fast. We might not have a conversation, but dude, because I I would appreciate, appreciate all of you guys. (laughs) And, um, you know, I appreciate that you listen. I appreciate that you share. I appreciate that you uh, tell your friends that you listen and laugh that's my favorite thing is when you guys tell me about a part that made you laugh um it makes me feel like i'm not just talking to myself or talking out of my ass but thank you guys again i love you so much i will talk to you soon